0: All right. I will say good morning. Let us begin. Let's begin by thanking our Talmud Torah sponsors. We're going to give our Talmud Torah sponsors of Nissan one more day, even though it's Rosh Chodesh ER, Still, technically speaking, the last day of Nissan. So, to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for Nissan, to thank Steve and Terry Zinn. For dedicating all the Sherman drushos this month with gratitude to Hashem, and welcoming their first grandchild, Adin Hachbaum, Benjamin, and Elise Wall of Eretz Yisrael, for dedicating the Sherman drushos, with an immense debt of gratitude to all those who helped facilitate the dissemination of the Torah, of our Torah, of our Shi'urim, beyond the confines of the base managers, specifically Meshi Abramson and Jeremy Lassen, Shimeon Bacheva Messing for dedicating the Shi'urim this month in honor of the Basmins of their daughter Laila. Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating the Sherman Roshos this month in memory of Paul's parents, Shmuel ben Zechariah, Leah Basavram and great-grandmother Tyrell Basrabdov. And we thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Jack Bennett, in memory of Sergeant Nikolai Rappaport of the Givati Brigade, who was killed in Lebanon in a Hezbollah ambush on February 7th, 1998. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud all of the neshama will have an Aliyah, Meretz the grandchildren, the daughters, should continue to give Nachas, and the Meretz Hashem, the families, the chama and Nachas. So to right, both with that, let us begin. So a very exciting, exciting day today. Today is our last daf of Meseches Shkalim, and an incredible Gimara ahead of us. So today's daf is Chof Beis. We are going to pick up 22. We are going to pick up at the Mishnah on the bottom of Chof Aleph on the Beis, the Mishnah that is labeled Halacha Gimel. So the Mishnah says as follows. The Mishnah says, So we'll see an interesting sugya, which you're actually going to see it ties back a little bit to something fascinating we did in Psachim as well. So So, if you have sacrificial meat, which became ritually impure, which became Tomei, whether it became Tomei with an Av or whether it became Tomei with a Vlad. So also remember again, we've spoken about these concepts before. Av, hatuma. av hatuma means a primary source of Tomei, a corpse. A sheretz, a vlad, a vlad means a derivative tumah means, for example, something that touched an av and then transmits tumah to something else. So the Mishnah says, if you have meat of kachek hadashin, whether it became tummy through an av or through a vlad, bein bein bichot, whether it became tummy inside of the base hamikdash, outside of the base Beis hamikdash, beishamay omrim hakol yisarif. Bifnim Bishamai says, the way we dispose ultimately again of sacrificial meat is everything is burnt inside of the Beis Chutz, Mishenitma Ba'av Hatuma B'chutz. With one exception, if something became ritually impure, something became Tomei, with an Av Hatuma, a primary source of tumah, B'chutz, outside of the Beis dosh, then it is burnt B'chutz. That's the position of Bishamai. B'chutz, B'chutz says, no, everything that becomes Tomei, is burned outside of the base hamikdash. With the exception of something that is rendered Tomei, with a vlad hatoma inside of the base hamikdash. Tap of chavbeis. Rabbi Eliezer Omer shenitma ba'av hatuma bifnim bachutz yisari. Rabbi Eliezer says. will say interesting. Rabbi Eliezer is going to say like this. Everything is dependent on the type of tumah you are exposed to. So Rabbi Eliezer says. If the item became tamar within ava tuma within avatuma, primary source of tuma, bein Whether you're inside the base of mikdash or outside of the base of mikdash, yisarif Ultimately, again, so I will say anything that becomes tamar within ava tuma within avatuma. Is burned outside of the beis Shenitma <shinit> <bevlad hatuma> If something was became tummy with a vlad tumah, bein bachutz bein bifnim. Whether it became tummy bachutz or bifnim isareif bifnim. Shabbos is an interesting shita. Shabbos holds that everything is fundamentally dependent on the nature of the tumah exposure. If you became tummy with an av, then by definition you are burned bachutz. If you became tummy with a vlad, then by definition you are burned bifnim. And finally, the last shita. We'll say four shitas in this mishnah. Bishameh b'siloh, Rabbi Eliezer. Now, Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, Omer, makom tum also sham sreifas. We'll say perhaps the easiest shita to remember. Rabbi Akiva holds that halachah la'meisa. Wherever you become tamei, that's where you are burned right, wherever, you be, wherever the item contracts Tumah, that's ultimately where it's destroyed, so the item contracts Tumah Bithnim, ultimately again, it is burnt Bithnim, item contracts Tumah B'chutz, it is burnt B'chutz, so we'll say four-way Machlokas about how to dispose of Kachek Basar, Kachek Kadoshim, or do you remember again, Abbas, you've seen this enough to know, different levels of Kedusha, for sacrificial item. we have Kachek Kadoshim, and kachim Kalim. Right? So for example, Shlemim often fall into the category of kachim Kalim. So for him Ach-Lokas, about how to dispose of Katshekoshim, which become Tomei. Good. Good. Supposedly to say that San Allah says the Yimra, both say, Bose Khavmazum with Aleph, four lines in. Barkafra say, so now interestingly enough, interestingly enough, three out of the four opinions make a distinction between the type of toma that the Qatche Kadashim contracted, whether it's Av or whether it's Vlad. So interestingly enough, Bar says as follows: Av Divartora divar Torah, vlad So we'll say a very fascinating shita. Bar Kafra holds that halacha there is a distinct halachic distinction between an avatuma and a vlad Hatoma. An avatuma is the oraysa, a vlad Hatoma is Dirabanan. Interesting shita. So the Gemara says that's that's Bar Kafra. says. Rabbi on the other hand says, then no. He holds. He holds. I'm sorry. Rabbi Yochanan Amar ben Zeb ben Rabbi Yochanan holds that both the Av as well as the Vlad are both going to be the Araisa. The Kasha. Rabbi Yochanan al de The problem because now what the Gemara is going to do is take this machlokas and try to line it up with the opinions espoused in the Mishnah. And the problem we run into is that the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan seems to go ahead and be contradicted by Beis Shammai. Why? Mm-hmm. Because Beis Shammai in general holds that any baser or kadoshim, which become impure, ultimately are burned, right? Is destroyed inside of the Beis Shammai, with one exception with Kachek HaDashim, which became tummy through exposure to an Av outside. So we we'll say, so if you became exposed to an avatuma outside of the Beis HaMikdash, Beis Shammai says, we will burn that outside, which I will say, by the intuitively, what's the logic of that? Intuitively, if something became tame outside of the base mikdash with an avatoma, you're not going to bring it into the base hamikdash in order to go ahead and destroy it. So, but again, just to be clear, beis shammai ultimately is distinguishing between an av and a vlad. So, for example, in beis shammai shita, if Kochi kadoshim were to become Tomei through a vlad chatomo outside of the Beis HaMikdash you would bring it inside in order to destroy it but yet if it became tummy with an Av ha'tumah outside of the Beis HaMikdash you would not bring it in now this poses a problem according to Rabbi Yochanan why? because according to Rabbi Yochanan, most Rabbi Yochanan holds that both an Av and the Vlad are both Doraisa, which means that they should not be treated any differently. Says, says the Gimara, Ma Av Vlad so again. Both are Doraisa. The fact that they have different names does not change their status. Both Vlad and Av are both are both Tuma Doraisa. If that's the case. How do you understand the Shita of Beishamai according to Again, I will say it one more time. If you hold like Beishamai, if you hold like Rabbi Yochanan, that both Vlad and Av are both Da'oraisa, Beishamai held that when Karche Kadoshim become Tame, become Tame, through an Av Bachutz, you burn it Bachutz. But if it becomes Tame, through an Av, through a Vlad Bachutz, you bring it Bifnim. But how does that make sense if both Av and Vlad are Daaraisa? they should be treated the same way. To which the Gemara says, "Vafila be silol The truth is, Rabbi Shita is difficult according to Beis Hillel as well. To Beis Hillel Amar, how call ye sareif b'chutz chutz ma'ashenit ma bivlad ha'toma bivnim? Because Beis hold held that all baster kachyek adashim which become to me. Are all burned outside of the beis hamikdash with one exception, and the exception being vlad hatuma bifnim. So if kodesh kadashim becomes exposed to a vlad hatuma inside of the beis hamikdash, you'll burn it inside. But again, I don't ma bein vlad ma bein av I don't understand. Rabbeinu say both vlad as well as as well as av are both daraisas. So I don't understand why there should ever be any distinction about where you're going to destroy the Basar Kad which when she came to me. The Gemara says, Are they not both biblical in nature? To which the Gemara says, So the truth is, the Gemara says, the rabbis didn't really spend that much attention or didn't spend that much time focusing on the sheet of Rabbi Yochanan. Rather, they really only focused on the shita of Bar Kafra. Bar Kafra. The Gemara says, but one second, even according to the Shinar so Bar Kafra makes a distinction. Bar Kafra holds that an Av is Doraisa and a Vlad is Dirabanon, to which the Gemara says, Vekashad Bar Kafra, Aldebe Shamai. But the truth is, even according to Bar Kafra, both of these shitos pose a problem. So the Gemara says, how so? Watch this. be Beshamay Omrim Hakoy Sarif Bifnim Chutz Baaf Hatum Bachuts Because the Shamay hold that in general all Busar Katshek Adoshim, which became tame, is all burnt inside of the of Mikdash, with the exception of something which became tame, Ba'av hatuma bachutz Ma bein hatuma bein bachutz bein bifnim. I don't understand. Why should there be any distinction between an avatumah, biflim bachutz, zev vzeh lo or is it, is it not daoraisa on both levels? In other words, I will say, there should be one din for an avatumah, right? If an avatumah is daoraisa, so why be I mechalik in terms of where the basai kachekadoshim contracted the tumah? So the Gemara says, v'lo uh, toru, which the Gemara says, hu bikin t'rabi akiva, do'amar makum tumah, so sham teheis reifaso. That's because Bishamah is coming to counter the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. Because Rabbi Akiva holds that in general, we never go ahead and wherever the item becomes Tameh, that's Halach HaMaisa, where you go ahead and destroy it. So Bishamah is coming to go ahead and, argue on that particular opinion, but the truth is, even Bar-Kafra poses a problem according to Beis Hillel. <laughs> but does Bar-Kafra's opinion not pose a problem according to Beis After all, what did Beis Hillel say? <laughs> according to Beis Hillel, Beis Hillel holds, that all Basar kach he which became tome, are burnt outside of the Beis HaMikdash, with one exception, a vlad hatuma, a vlad hatuma bifnim. So if basar kachye kadoshim the tumor through a vlad inside of the base of you burn it inside of the base of But even according to Bar Kafra, ma bin vlad hatuma bin bifnim bin bachutz zev zev lomadivremu. I don't understand. So you both saying according to Bar Kafra. If you hold that an av is a and a vlad is a drabanon, should that not dictate how they are both dealt with? So I don't understand. What does it matter if the chalche kadashim contracted tumal from the vlad bifnim or bachot? The halacha should be the same, to which the Gemara says, no, begained Rabbi Shimon. So ultimately, again, Beishamah espouses this particular opinion. Why? Kind of to, to offset or to counteract or to respond to the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. What does Rabbi Shimon say? Because ultimately, Rabbi Shimon is of the opinion that Halo both the food and the drink of the Mitzvah is sent out of the three camps. Now, both say. Now, this is actually very interesting. If you take a look at the carbon ha'ida, which is the top left. So, the top left, right, uh, right after you see the the large wide lines on top, right after those, in the short lines. The second short line begin. The Reb Shimon, Peshvil Hada Amar Reb Shimon, Dimishalchin Ochlin Temein Luchos Hilchach. So we'll say, this is very interesting. So the Gemara is suggesting over here that Halacha Lama Hillel is coming to argue on the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. Because Rabbi Shimon is of the opinion, which, is a, is, which, which at first glance appears to be a very intuitive opinion, which is whatever becomes Tameh outside of the Beis Mikdash, you don't what? You don't bring it in. You don't bring it in. You, you, never, you never bring it into an I will say. Now, what I want to point out, I'm sure you're thinking about this, like as we're doing this Sugya, and thinking to yourself, why would anyone ever bring in Basar Kachek Kadoshim, which became Tomei, into the Vesamekdash? Right? What a strange thing to say. And remember, I just want to point out, according to everyone, according to everyone, there is that possibility. And they're arguing on the Metsias, right? They're arguing about Vladatoma. Lada tuma, Ava toma. So the, the, the argument centers around two things, which is the nature of the Toma exposure and the location of the tuma exposure. So all four opinions will say, depending on the nature and location, that will ultimately determine where you dispose of the meat of the Kachekadashim. But everyone is agreeing, with the exception of Rabbi Akiva, I should say three out of the four, because Rabbi Akiva holds wherever the meat becomes Tameh, that's where you burn it. But the other three opinions have the possibility of a Kad becoming Tameh outside and bringing it inside to destroy it. Why would you ever bring tuma into the Beis HaMikdash? Because we will say, remember again, this is kachekadashin. So because it is sacrificial meat of the highest order of kidusha, there is a logic to saying that we should bring it into the base HaMikdash in order to go ahead and destroy it. Because even when destroying it, perhaps it has to be destroyed in a certain Bakavadic way. See, so interestingly enough, there isn't a pain of Rabbi Shimon. And Rabbi Shimon holds that in general, Halacha we don't bring tummy things into the base hamikdash. If something became tummy in the base hamikdash, okay. Perhaps one could make the argument to destroy it in the base hamikdash. But if it became tummy outside of the base hamikdash, we never bring it in. Now, where does Rabbi Shimon say this? So again, back to the carbona ida. Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon says this apparently by mitzora. So the carbona ida writes hada Rabbi Shimon de ochlin tamein the rabbi say even when it comes to ritually impure food, we send that outside of of the camp, which means again it's certainly outside of the base hamikdash. Therefore, anything which by definition became kame outside of the base hamikdash we do not bring it into the Beis HaMikdash. Therefore, again, Beis is espousing their Sheetah, that they disagree. And they say, no, under certain circumstances, Haloch you could even bring that which is Tameh into the Beis HaMikdash for disposal purposes. So we'll say, so four-way Machlokes about how to go ahead and dispose of Basar Kod Kadoshim, which become Tameh. we say, Haloch HaLamayisah, had we Paskin, so the Rambam, the Rambam, this is in the uh, Hilchos P'sulei Hamukdashin, Perak Yutes, Pasak Vab. I will say, this is actually a very exciting Rambam. You know, sometimes it's very exciting when you see, when you see different things that you've learned in different places, kind of coalesce into one location. So you're going to hear a very familiar halacha. So the Rambam Paskins is as follows. Basar Kod Kadoshim SheNitma Bifnim, Sarfen Oso Bifnim, Bachutz. Sarfen also bachot. Rabbi says, we like Rabbi Akiva. Last opinion in the Mishnah. Wherever you become Tameh, wherever the bus or kachek becomes Tameh, that's where it is disposed of. It becomes Tameh inside of the Beisamekdash, destroyed inside. It becomes Tameh outside of the Beisamekdash, destroyed outside. The say, this is going to sound familiar. <laughs> and the Rabbim says, we're not, we don't, we're not mechalic between an avatoma and a vlad in terms of kadshay kadash. Now, of course, in other areas of toma, we are absolutely mechalic between an av and a vlad. Because remember again, the ability of an av versus a vlad to transmit the Tumah is going to be fundamentally different. But at least for this purpose over here, wherever you contract the Tumah, that is where you are destroyed. Now, interestingly enough, he says, he says, um, I'll skip down a little bit. this is not our sugya, but it's very exciting that it's here. Does this sound familiar? We had this in Pesachim. Remember this sugya in Pesachim, where there was a discussion about if you have to burn sacrificial meat, because it's tameh, but you have meat that's different levels of Tomei. So we had a discussion can you burn a Rishon with a Shani? Or can you burn a Rishon with a Shlishi? Because remember again, what happens if you burn a Rishon with a Shlishi? What do you what do? You do? What, what's, what's happening over here? You're, right, you're, you're essentially making the Shlishi into a Shani. So the Shani is you're being marbetumah. Are you allowed to do that in the course of the destruction of the, of, of Karbanas, the sacrificial matter? And remember again, we, we learned over there, the answer is yes. We don't, once, once you're destroying it, it doesn't really matter to us what's happening with it. And it just happens to be that that is once again espoused in this halacha. But again, say for our purposes, the, the part to remember is we pass like Rabbi Yakiva. Wherever you contract the toma that is where ultimately the basar Sheik HaDoshim is destroyed. Incredible. say, here we go. Vayter Mishnah. Last Mishnah of the Masechta. Incredible Mishnah. Evarihat Hamid. Hamid. So we'll say, interestingly enough, so, the, remember, we often have this idea in our minds that carbonos were shafted, animals were shafted, and they were just immediately offered up. But remember again, that's actually not the way it worked. Specifically again with the carbon tumid, there was the shchita, the preparation, then they would place the limbs on the ramp. Right? Ultimately on the kevesh, on the ramp of the mizbeach, and then they would go and do a couple of other things. In the morning, they would daven, right? And they would go do a couple of things. And then afterwards, they would come and offer up the limbs on the top of the mizbeach. So the mission over here is highlighting where they would place the various sacrificial parts. So Ivarihatomid, so the limbs of the carbon Tomid. Nisnin mechasi kavesh ulamata. They were placed kind of midway of the ramp, a little bit, a little bit downward, or slanted a bit towards the bottom, Bemarov, towards the west. Shamusafin, so the sacrificial parts of the carbon Musaf, Mechasi they are placed halfway point of the ramp, up 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 the ramp, again but point but a little bit downward, a little bit towards the, the beginning of the ramp. In the east the sacrificial parts, What's we'll incredible, right? Sacrificial parts of the Si'rosh Chodesh. Incredible, incredible, I will say. Incredible. So, Siyar Rosh Chodesh, will this is an incredible idea. This is why, you know, we, we try to be very makbid to recite karbonos every morning, right? Because the Mishnaburah brings down, Mishnaburah brings down that in the absence of the Beis HaMikdash, when you say karbonos, at least to say the Parshas HaTamid, it's unashama parim sifasenu. There's the ability to fulfill the mitzvah of karbonos to the recitation of sugar Bosa. That's why person says, a person says the Parashas HaTamid, a person says parsha HaKetores, a person says Eizu You know, in, when the Beis HaMikdash was standing, you can't offer up every single carbon every single day. But yet, if you see the Parash of Karbanos every single morning, you have the great schos to offer up all of the Karbanos each and every day. It's a strange anomaly, how sometimes when you're missing something, you have the ability to do more than when you actually had it. An incredible, incredible schos that we shouldn't miss out on each and every day, see here. And again, on Rosh Chodesh, so we add in the supplemental paragraph right before Ezra of the Si Chodesh, of the Karbanos of Rosh Chodesh. So here again, partial came on the So this is very interesting. The limbs of the Sea of Rosh Chodesh were placed on the Karkov. Now, we already mentioned the Karkov in the last week's stuff. We'll see it again. The Gemara is going to say it, but I'll just tell it to you now. The Karkov was the area in between the horns of, of the Mizbeach. Remember again, the top of the Mizbeach, the, the top surface of the Mizbeach, was flat, but at each of the corners it had what's called a horn, a keren, a protrusion. The karkov was like the area in between the horns. That's where the coin would walk around the isbeach. So the Rashi HaDash were put on the karkov milamalon hashkalim v'bi korem. say fascinating sogya hashkalim v'bi Bikurim, Einon noagin ella b'fne habayis. Shkalim machtes first fruits. Only apply when there is a base ha mikdash. Now say, if you take a look at the Karban Haidah, once again on the left side, he says something very interesting. Why is it that Bikurim and Ma'tsis a only apply by the base Hamikdash? Right to the Karbon Haidah, Shkalub Mishum the Tsarah Inu, the Khaivan shein Karbon, ain't shkalub. Both say so ma's a makes sense. Why is there no machzah shakal when there's no Beis HaMikdosh? Because haloch ha machzah shakal was to purchase Karbanos Sibor. If there's no Beis HaMikdosh, there's no Karbanos, then haloch ha there's no machzah shakal. What about Bikurim? U Bikurim dechsev reishis Bikurim admascha tavi Beis Bizman sheyish Bikurim in im Because the mitzvah of Bikurim is explicitly linked to the Beis HaMikdosh. It says you shall bring your Bikurim to the Beis HaMikdosh. When there is a there is bikurim. No base hamikdash, no bikurim. So the a meiser dogon or meiser behimo, But the din of meiser, right? Meiser of your of your produce, meiser of your animals, bechoros. The din of bechor, no agin bim bifnei abayis bim shel They apply when there is a base hamikdash and when there's not a base hamikdash. Shkalim u bikurim, hare zekodesh. That was very interesting. Then the mission seems to indicate that Shkalim and Bikurim have the ability to become Kodesh. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Omer Bikurim Kodesh in on Kodesh. Rabbi Shimon says, no, if you try to sanctify Bikurim Bazman Hazer, ultimately, again, it doesn't work. Which I will say, sounds like what? Sounds like, but if you did try to sanctify Maqtas what would happen? It would work. So again, we'll discuss this in the Gemara in just a moment. To which the Gemara says, "Ezu karkov." Vocês remember again, the Mishnah said that the karbanos of Rosh Chodesh, the sacrificial parts, were placed on the karkov. asks the Gemara, "What's the karkov?" Ezu karkov, Ezu karkom mizbech. First, first wide line chaf with aleph. ben le makom It is the it is the amma space, in between one horn and the next. That's the area where the Kohanim would go ahead and walk around the Mizbeach. Musve Shabbos, Musir Rosh Chodesh Mikodim. So what's we'll an interesting discussion now? What about the carbon Musaf of Shabbos Karban Musaf Rosh Chodesh? Which one is offered first? So again, Rosh Chodesh falls out on Shabbos. Which carbon should you offer first? What's we'll a fascinating? Rabbi Yirmiyah Savar, Rabbi Yirmiyah Savar Maymar, Musve Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh, Musir Rosh Chodesh Kodmin. Rabbi says. When you have Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, the Musaf of Rosh Chodesh is offered first. Now, where does he know that? From Chayleid Rab Yermiah, Rab proof is Minhada, <coughs> from the following statement Shiro Shal Shabbos v Shiro Shal Rosh Chodesh, Shiro Shal Rosh Chodesh, because we'll say everyone knows that the Shira of the Levim, right? When it was Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, there would be two songs Levim would sing the Shira of Rosh Chodesh and the Shira of Shabbos. And it was documented that the Shira of Rosh Chodesh would always go first. And therefore, Rabbi Yirmiya holds the same way that the Shira of the Levium for Rosh Chodesh would be first, so to what? The Shira, sorry, the carbon the of Rosh Chodesh would also be offered first. Or the Musaf of Rosh Chodesh would be offered first. Abrabi Rabbi Yosa Rabbi says not necessarily. <laughs> the only reason why the Shira of Rosh Chodesh came before the Shira of Shabbos, Shabbos said, was why? To publicize to the people that it was Rosh Chodesh. Right now, I meaning everybody knows it's Shabbos. The only reason they put the Shira of Rosh Chodesh first was to publicize that it was Rosh Chodesh. However, when it comes to the Karban, listen to this, the Gemara says, K'itzat haya osa, Shabbos, vaomra lehen shiro shal Rosh Chodesh. We'll say, so, interestingly enough, but it appears... That although they would sing the Shira of Rosh Chodesh first, they would in fact shecht the Musaf of Shabbos first. They would shecht the Musaf of Shabbos, and interestingly enough, sing the Shira of Rosh Chodesh on the Musaf of Shabbos. But why shecht the Musaf of Shabbos first? Baram Hocha Musaf Shabbos <laughs> or Rosh Shabbos Kol Al Shem Kala Tadir Kodem So we'll say same principle espoused by the Bavli, just articulated a little bit differently. In Bavli it's Tadir vishaino tadir Tadir kodem in Yushami it's kala Tadir kodem but same principle. When you have two missiles to perform and you're not sure which one to do first, you look at the one which occurs with greater frequency and that goes first. Since obviously the Musaf of Shabbos is offered more frequently than the Musaf of Rosh Chodesh, therefore the Musaf of Shabbos is offered first. So we'll say fascinating halacha, which tells me that the Shira of Rosh Chodesh is actually sung before the Shira of Shabbos. But that's for a different reason. That's in order to make sure everybody knows that it's Rosh Chodesh. But the Mus'af of Shabbos is offered up before the Mus'af of Rosh Chodesh, because Tadir V'shino, Tadir, Tadir Chodim. Incredible, incredible. You know, there's an incredible musar in that as well. What does it mean that the Mus'af of Rosh Chodesh is sung before the Mus'af, I'm sorry, that the Mus'af of Shabbos is sung before the Mus'af of Rosh Chodesh. which Shabbos represents is the ability to go ahead and connect with one's personal Kiddusha. That's what Shabbos is all about. Shabbos is I withdraw from the world in order to go ahead and re-energize myself, in order to tap into my own personalistic wellspring of holiness. What's Rosh Chodesh? We'll say, Rosh Chodesh, the beauty of Rosh Chodesh, is the energy we feel today, even at this early hour of the morning. It's new beginnings. It's a new month, new beginning, new opportunity. I can make something new of myself. But the Musaf of Shabbos, sorry, the, the Musaf of Shabbos, always comes before the Mus'af of Rosh Chodesh. Because if you want to take advantage of the new beginnings of life, you must first tap into your personalistic holiness. The new beginnings of life are only meaningful if you have something to begin again with. But if I don't take the time to access my personal Kiddushah, if I don't take the time to develop myself, if I don't take the time to become the best version of me, you could have all the new beginnings in the world. But what do you do with them? So the Gimar therefore says, <laughs> the Musaf of Shabbos always comes before the Musaf of Rosh Chodesh. You want to take advantage of Rosh Chodesh, of Rosh Chodesh, of Niam Chodasata, new beginning, new opportunities, tap into your personalistic Yiddushah of Shabbos first. Says the Gimar Shkalam, we quoted, Shabbos say, fascinating Sugya. So, so it's interesting because the Mishnah ends off by saying that if you consecrate Bikurim today, so they are not consecrated. But yet, it seems to be the inference from that is that Allah if you were to consecrate shkalim, they would be consecrated. Sigmar so, says, "Hashkalim kachu." Rabbi Shimon Yehuda, Mishnah, Rabbi "Bein elu, bein elu, No, whether you try to consecrate shkalim or or today, it doesn't work because both are fundamentally tethered to the base HaMikdosh. and the acts of the base HaMikdosh, No Bikurim, no machzah shekel. Tani, both say this is fascinating. Ger b'zman zeh lahavi kino kasser will say ger. A person converts today, he has to bring a carbon. Now, if you take a look at the carbon Haidah, he says as follows, Ger bismanazev. so the carbon Haidah writes, left-hand side, Afagav leka mikdash, imam bizno peysa mikdash, tzarek rova dinar likino. He has to separate out a quarter of a dinar for his bird offering. So we'll say a ger, we, 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 well, ger has to go ahead and bring a carbon when he converts. So what the Gemara is saying now is, and we'll say this is all modeled after the Gerus by Harsinai, right? By Harsinai, there were three things that happened. There was Karban, Mila, tvi'la. Those are the three things, right? Sacrificial offering, circumcision, immersion. So so when a Ger converts today, those three things are necessary. What Rabbi Shimon is saying is that now... Even in the absence of the Beis Hamikdash, when a person converts, he must actively set it or she must actively set aside the money for their carbon, even though the carbon can't be offered. But the carbon must finishes. And again, so the girl will set aside the money, has to keep the money safe. And when the Beis Hamikdash is rebuilt, the Ger will bring his or her carbon. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan Ben I stopped this practice because it creates a stumbling block. Both say, What's a stumbling block? You can't have sacrificial money laying around. Because what happens if you have sacrificial money laying around? You're going to inevitably use it, for, you're just inadvertently use it for something else. So Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakeh felt it's a very bad idea to have sacrificial money laying around. And therefore, again, when a person converts, yeah, when the Beisamek the is well, they're going to have to go out and bring a carbon, but they should not actively separate out money for it. what what does it mean, be'atakhanal? Because of the shuma of the So, we'll say today we don't consecrate anything, we don't make anything the subject of an Erech vow or a Cherem vow, which is when you pledge things to the hamikdash. Below mak That's this is a different discussion. Obviously at odds with our mishnah, we don't separate out shuma vim Vem O O And if you indeed were makdish something, let's say today you consecrated something, you made something hekdish to the or something the subject of an erech vow or a hechrim vow. Oig bia. Oig So the says oig bia. Haksus tisarif if you, let's say, went ahead and consecrated a particular article of clothing, you should burn it. <speaking in Hebrew> An animal should be uprooted. How do you uproot the animal? <speaking in Hebrew> you lock it away, and essentially it starves to death. And if you separated out money, <speaking in Hebrew> you have to throw the money to the Amalek, which also indicates to us what? That we, do not, we don't consecrate things. Don't consecrate things. And if you do consecrate something, the halacha says, you have to dispose of it as quickly as possible out of the concern that you may come to misuse it. Avar minma, don Rab Shimon, bit rabi ben hada amra avar vehikdish katra. Now both say, so again, so now I, I understand that halacha lama isa, halacha lama a ger, we're focusing now on the ger, that a ger should not go ahead and separate out the the quarter of the dinar the quarter of the dinar for his carbon. Right? But let's say he did. Let's say he did. Let's say he did it. He shouldn't do it. Rabbi Okran Manzaka says, I call it's a stumbling block. But let's say he did it. It seems to be clear that Halokh says, since Rabbi Okran said, don't do it because it's a stumbling block, that if you did do it, what's the status of the money? It works. It works. <laughs> So the Siddigumar says. "Oh no, he did, he gotcha. Rabuda antudario by cumin rabiyosi. Hakha at amar amades, hakha at amar kacho, va hakha at amar okacho." But I don't understand. So then why do you make a distinction between masta sa shakao and and the money for the carbon of the gair? So right, you're telling me that essentially the gair should not consecrate money for his carbon. But if he did it, it works. Yet, if a person, it sounds like for the Mishnah, that if a person is or Maktis ha-shakel, it doesn't work. But, but why? In other words, it should be the same thing. I will say, obviously, a Ger also can't, oh, I understand Maktis HaShakel is tethered to the base Dosh. But guess what? So is the carbon of the Ger. Right? So if you're going to tell me that a Ger could, shouldn't consecrate money for his carbon, because there's a stumbling block, because he may come to misuse it. But if he did it, it works. So shouldn't that be the same shekel? You shouldn't consecrate a machzah shekel, but if you did so, it works. lahakri See, I will said there's a different reason why a person should not be machdish a machzah shekel today. Why? Because what are you going to do with it? I think about this in just a moment. The mirror sash the Besamitash is going to be rebuilt. You're going to have your Max Ash So i will say that works fine if you're ma-tush, your Max now. And Haluvad the Besamikdash is rebuilt between this Nisan and next Nisan. But let's say let's say base is built a little bit later. What's going to be the status of your Mahtzash Shakel? Right? What we call tiklinatikin. Old Shkolin. Right? What's going to happen if you should Mitzil laakri and Because the mitzvah is to offer up their cabernets from the new, the new collection, the haveli yeshono. And this, this machzah shekel that you separated out is going to be, quote unquote, an old shekel, and halach says, not usable. So let's say, uh, interestingly enough, this concept of only having new money is interesting enough, only a din, by Mach, a Shekel, but it is not a din by other carbonos so you 're right technically speaking we don 't want the ger to separate out money for his carbon, but if he did so, does it work? Does it work yeah, yeah technically it works, technically it works because there 's no such din as new money or old money by the carbon of the gear, but when it comes ultimately to the Max a Shekel, one has to ask themselves of just the fundamental effectiveness of such a designation if. The base HaMikdash is delayed past the calendrical year, when I say calendrical year, Nisan, to Nisan, in which you separated out the Shekel. So, once again, the Gemara said, I don't understand. If, I, if I'm Maktish Shekel, why don't you just say it's consecrated and let it sit until the base HaMikdash is rebuilt? To which the Gemara says, habayis kibarishona, mechumas halishka ve'echad Because maybe when the Be'i Semitesh is rebuilt, the will say, we don't know what, what some of the processes are going to be when the base Semitesh is rebuilt. So how is Mach, is going to work in the third Bayis? Who knows? But maybe it'll work the same way like it worked in the first two. In which case, again, shkalim are used from the new collection. And if you separate it out, your matzahs are shekel already. While that's very nice, that's going to fall into tiklin at old shkalim, and not going to be totally usable, or not going to be usable for the purposes you want to use it. But again, I will say, so the Gemara is just contrasting. So let's be clear Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakkai says, don't separate out anything sacrificial. Don't do it. Don't do it. Why? Because we don't want you having consecrated things lying around your house because you may come to inadvertently use it. Now, from that statement, it sounds pretty clear that you shouldn't do it, but if you did it, what? If you did it, what? It works. It works. It works. To which the Gemara says, but interestingly enough, why would it work by Ger and not work by Matzah Shakao? to which the Gemar essentially says, because by a shekel there's a din of Nushkalim. There's a din, Ultimate, the, 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 the real effectiveness of a HaShakel is when it's a quote-unquote nushkal tiklin chadatin, not tiklin atikim, but by the kino ger, but by the bird offering of the money for the ger, lamani manisa, there's no real new or old timing issue. Okay, so the Gemar says. Rav, we will say ultimately again the gemara ends off by saying that the halacha indeed follows Reb Shimon, and we will say, remember again Reb Shimon was in the Mishnah who seemed to indicate that halacha l'maisa although you can't be makdish bikurim bezmanazeh ultimately again you can be maktish maktzah shakum So We will say let me just tell you the halacha l'maisa with this. So the first of all the Rambam paskin in Hilchot Parak Parek Aleph halacha Ches Hashkalim Eino Noagin Ela Number one, Matzah Shekel only applies when there's a Beis hamikdash. Okay, I will say that makes sense. Or, Beis hamikdash Kayim, fine. Rambam then goes on to say, by the way, but when the Beis hamikdash did stand, the halacha of Matzah Shekel applies in Chutz La'aretz as well as in Eretz Yisrael. Interesting of all Jews Gave machtzes hashakal, which makes sense because machtzes hashakal ultimately again was there to give everyone a portion in Karbanos Tzibor. So of course every, so of course whether you live in Eretz or you live in Chutz Laaretz, everybody wants to have a portion in that. So I will say, so that is the Alok The ma'isa machtzes only applies, only applies. When the base hamikdash stands, they both say. But what happens if halacha la'maisa? What happens today? You're so inspired by learning to be by, by nisayim Shkalim. You're so inspired by finishing a masechtah that you show me that you want to do something substantive. And you say, you know what? I want to be makdish a Maktis a hashkel. So Mashiach and Mirat Hashem comes here, Rabbi Yaminu. I'm ready to go. What's the status of that consecration? So here, the Rabbi Rai says in the Hilchos Perek Vov, halacha tezayin shiklo how is Kodesh? <laughs> I will say, if you did it, it works. If you did it, it works. If you're maqdish in Shakel ashekel today, it absolutely works. Now again, should you do it? Should you do it? Absolutely not. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says, please don't do it, because it is going to create a stumbling block. But if halakha lamai say you did do it, it works. Conversely, Hikdish Bikurim Lebe in ain't on Kodesh. I will say but Halachah For example, today, if you tried to make Bikurim, it would not work. So it's very interesting distinction. So again, you shouldn't be Makdish Shemaktzah Shakel. But if you did, it so Halachah LeMa'isa works. I will say, what about the din of the Ger? See, so interestingly enough, a lot so many so many good Halachas over here. So interestingly enough, the, the din of the Ger. I'll just give this Mar We'll take a look at it. In Biya, Yud gimol. Halachos and Hay discusses the entire process. Ultimately, again for the ger, so he writes over here Carbon So again, he goes to the carbon of the ger. Sham Carbon. But today, where the ger can't offer up a carbon, what's the He has to go and do Brismila And when the Bei is rebuilt, the ger will build his carbon. The then goes on to explain: Ger, don't separate out your money. For your carbon. It's okay, you're good for. We'll say, look, the reality is, when the base of Megdash is rebuilt, there's going to be a huge queue for karbanos, right? Because this one has to bring a khatas, this one has to bring a toad. So Gera's going to have to bring an additional carbon, along with everyone else to bring in their carbonos. But halachalamaisa, don't separate out the money. So therefore, say, will say, we pass in, that the mitzvah of shkalim does not apply when there is not a base But amazingly enough, if you were Maktish, your are shkalim, halachalamaisa, it works. However, don't do it. Ultimately, again, I have a concern for Taqala. So I will say, this marks the conclusion, ultimately, of Mesech Hashkalim. And I just, I just want to mention, very quickly, in the minute that we have left, four, four takeaway lessons, because this was not an easy mesachta. This is not, you might have noticed. It, it was not short, but not easy. But I will say, four amazing takeaway messages that we take with us from this Number one, everyone counts. Everyone counts. The whole Yisod of a Shekel was that you take a Machsas from every single person. To teach us, every person counts. So often in life, we assume that some people count, some people don't count, some people count more, some people count less. a shekel teaches us that every single Yid, every single Jew, is so incredibly important. Lesson number two, it's never too late. Even if you miss your Machsas HaShakel, i say, remember again, let's say I forgot to give Machsas HaShakel last year. So what's the halach? Remember again, little chazor, what's the halach, What's the halacha? You bring it. It goes into a different pot called tiklinatik in old shkalim, It's never too late. Sometimes in life we miss opportunities. And it's true, doors close. And sometimes once doors close, you cannot reopen them. But sometimes doors close, you can't open the old ones, but you could always open new ones. It's never too late in life. Even if I've shluffed through life, even if I've missed opportunity after opportunity, especially now it's so point, we're finishing on Rosh Chodesh, New beginnings. It's never too late. If you missed your tiklin chadatin, take advantage of your tiklin atikin. Number three, it is a privilege to serve your community. We'll say we learned this from the mochre Ofos. Remember again, those who get the bird contract, the bird contract with the base HaMikdash. So we'll say, what happens again? A coin falls in between two things, right? And we don't know where the coin is. So we'll say, who, who, who has to make up the difference? Or birds fly away. So who gets to make up the difference? Who is that? The guy who got the bird contract, ah, he's taking a loss. Because they're both saying, it's a privilege to be part of a community. It's a privilege to be part of the kehillah. It's a privilege to be part of a nation. And it's a privilege to serve in that capacity. So often in life, we're called upon to do things. And we're like, oh, oh, I have so much stuff going. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this. Just remember the Moche Ofos. The Moche Ofos, they took a financial loss in order to go ahead and serve in the base of Because being part of a community, serving that community, giving to that community, both in the form of your resources as well as the form of your time, is the greatest zuchus because you are helping to build Klal Yisrael. And lesson number four, I will say, Yad Hekdish Al Yonah, One of my favorites. Remember again, we saw this right Yad Hekdish Al we'll say. That whenever, whenever, remember we saw this by the by the by the arranging of the contracts, right? If there's any price fluctuations, so what happens? The base Hamikdash always benefits. If the price goes up, base Hamikdash keeps the low price. If the price goes down, base Hamikdash renegotiates. Remember that phrase Yad Hek. Which means that when you pursue a life of kedusha, yado al ha you will always benefit. Yad hekdish al When you pursue hekdish, when you pursue kodesh, when you pursue holiness in life, you will always come out ahead. It was an incredible schos to learn maseches with all of you. Amir Tashem seal information to be to be announced. And again, in the first day of Rosh Chodesh, we have the great tzchus to begin. Maseches Yuma—it's going to be an incredible and overwhelming and beautiful journey. we should be zochah to finish many more masechtos together in Halavai. We should be zochah to give our to a shakel on the third day. Seventh of Shemirah. Amen. Amen. Or on Shabbos. <laughs> oh, I shut this off. <laughs> Good. talk you, Good. Thank you.
1: I was what I what I a of key, what I was what I of of to to be in a i you care your is that what I've Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.